0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So in this video in this podcast today, we'll be talking about silver, gold, and hyperinflation. Of course, hyperinflation or, or just inflation in general, is an often quoted reason as to why individuals choose to buy precious metals in the first place. Of course, they've been proven you know over the years, the decades, the centuries, the millennia, as being able to, to maintain, to preserve their value despite the inevitable inflation of fiat currency, the inevitable rise and fall of empires and markets, and et cetera, uh, silver and gold have been left standing over thousands and thousands of years. And so that's a big part as to why people get into them in the first place, because they know that the dollar or, or whatever fiat currency we're talking about here is eventually going to lose its value. And yet, you know, in the mainstream media, there's kind of this notion these days that major world currencies like the U.S. dollar, you know, the euro, the pound, the Australian dollar, Canadian dollar—that's where a lot of my viewers are going to be coming from. Countries that use those currencies, that these currencies are immune to hyperinflation, which is kind of silly to me. You know, they, they act as though it's only something that's going to happen in a country like Venezuela or Zimbabwe, and I think that's a very dangerous assumption. You know, when, when it comes to trading markets, speculating, you know, speculating on a given asset market, investing, etc., you know, I think an important lesson for, for any investor to learn is there's no such thing as a sure thing. Right. And as soon as you think that you have a sure thing, like you, you might win that bet, you might make money off that investment, but eventually you're going to get burned, and you're going to learn that you made assumptions that were uh, incorrect. And yet, you know, if there has been one sure thing over the last 100 years, that one sure thing in the market that has almost always, without a doubt, proven to be the correct bet, that bet is that the dollar is going to inflate. Fiat currencies in general will inflate. Now, you might not always be able to play that. You know, if you look at something like the DXY index, right, a dollar index that that compares the dollar to to all these other fiat currencies, well, if all the other fiat currencies are inflating as well, you can't really, you know, you you, you can't really play it that way. And of course, silver and gold have offered that opportunity. Um, I did a video on this recently, you know, going back to 2000, going back to 1990, you know, silver and gold have outpaced inflation over that time period. And yet, you know, they're still prone to things like market fluctuations and, of course, manipulation the dollar weakness dollar inflation fiat inflation has kind of been the one sure thing the one constant over the last 100 years and and yet there are many that act as though the idea of hyperinflation is just an impossibility in fact you know i did a video recently talking about this new theory that that actually all of a sudden i've seen over on zero hedge you know within a week maybe a week or two of me posting that video uh, multiple Uh, stories on this over in Zero Hedge, Uh, the the theory of, uh, it's called modern monetary theory, and I'm not going to get into all of it uh, right now, but basically the idea is that, that, you know, uh, deficits, deficit spending should not be a concern for governments like the U.S. government because they have the ability to print money and therefore they can fund deficits uh, indefinitely. Now, the the one weakness to their argument, and they will admit this, is, is, of course, inflation. And yet, you know, I was talking about this in this video, and this guy comments and basically says, you know, inflation's not that big of a concern because, you know, if it gets too high, we can tweak things, you know, interest rates in theory, or, or how much the deficit is or how much money we're printing, and we can bring that inflation back down. And yet, you know, when it comes to hyperinflation in general, something I think the mainstream media, many people fail to understand is the mechanics of it or namely that that hyperinflation is not generally mechanical in nature in the sense that if you tweak interest rates this way if you stop printing money here, if you cut deficits here, if you improve your, your, the confidence in your economy, your currency here, then, then uh, you, you can bring inflation. You know, once it's hit you know, hyperinflation, somehow you can bring it back down to, to just normal inflation in a short amount of time. Um, it's not mechanical. You know, there's not an equation for how hyperinflation works. You know, despite what the technocrats in, in the Federal Reserve and other central banks uh, might, might believe and might practice right now, uh, hyperinflation is very much a uh, psychological phenomenon, right? Markets in general, the economy in a, as a whole is psychological, you know, it's driven by, by human psychology, decisions. I mean, at, at, at the core, it comes down to decisions that drive the economy, drive things like consumer decisions. And so when it comes to hyperinflation, it oftentimes is a psychological reason. I mean, look at a country like Venezuela, right? A country that, that you know, starting a couple of years ago, started to experience high amounts of inflation, and it just ran away after that. You had ridiculous you know uh, uh, ridiculously high inflation estimates of you know a million percent or whatever it is. I mean its it's impossible to make those types of estimates, but the point of it was that it ran away very quickly and it was very and it continues to be very, very high amounts of inflation inside of Venezuela. Did that inflation occur because of high amounts of deficits? Did it occur because of money printing? Did it occur because of too low of interest rates? Well at first, yes. But but when we're talking about ten thousand percent inflation, a hundred thousand million percent inflation, at some point, yeah, those those other things play a role. Right, but this is no longer just an equation of how much the monetary supply is increasing, or what the interest rate is, or anything like that. No, it, it comes down to the average consumer and and them thinking, hey, if I have a hundred dollars or a hundred bolivars today. How much is this going to be worth a week from now, a year from now? And, and ultimately what they try and do is they try and get rid of it as quickly as possible. It increases the velocity of the money. Uh, and of course, those that are selling um, items in general, they raise the prices and, and it, it just turns into a hyperinflationary cycle. And I think this is a really important lesson that, that those, those in the mainstream fail to understand that that inflation, hyperinflation in particular, is a psychological phenomena and so i mean let me lay out like a, an example here of, of what i'm talking about imagine you know we're, we're x amount of years in the future here in the united states 10 years we'll say okay and you know in in these last 10 years the u.s has has had really taken a beating okay a you have a major recession or depression that occurred right a financial crisis that required an immense amount of money printing from from central banks both qe as well as you know QE for the masses or 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 money for the masses you know uh, helicopter money right D- n- you know massive stimulus from the fed from the government massive deficits from the from the us government you know the us debt let's say is now at 40 50 60 trillion dollars okay uh, and in addition to that you know it's is not just economic or just just political you also have the us being forced to to withdraw its its i guess influence across the world you're seeing troop drawdowns in in, in in places like Germany Japan not just these little bases in, in these random you know African or, or Asian countries or something no uh, major bases in, in places like Japan or Germany you know, bringing troops home being forced to spend less and less you know the idea of austerity is is a very common uh, refrain in, in American politics these days um, you know imagine this type of situation the U.S. is no longer the premier economy on the world stage, nor is it the premier military force. What would that do? I mean, we could go on and on about things that could happen. You know, the the, the U.S. Uh, not the U.S. but but the worldwide oil trade. Maybe only twenty percent of it occurs in U.S. dollars, ten percent, and the rest occurs in in you know other currencies. Um, whether it's 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 some sort of worldwide currency or it's just uh, you know, if somebody wants to buy oil from from the Saudis, uh, they, they just buy it in their local currency, rupees or yuan or rubles or whatever, okay? Uh, the dollar's, uh, you know, gone from that, right? Trade in general is is not done in dollars anymore, I'd say 10 years from now. You know, that those types of things, not only is it going to force, you know, a, a reduced demand on the dollar, not only is it going to mean that, that fewer and fewer countries are going to do things like hold U.S. dollars, in reserves or, or. US treasury bonds, it also means that the confidence in the dollar is going to be eroded at a time in which dollars will be flowing back into the United States in massive amount of numbers. you know after years and years of dollars flowing out, you'll see a lot of dollars flowing into the US economy and you'll also have this notion this, this lack of confidence in the. US Empire, the. US system, the dollar. Right? And so it doesn't matter you know, if you have uh, a, a 10%, 20%, 50% increase in, in monetary supply you know, within the U.S. borders, within the U.S. economy. It doesn't matter if you have that going on. Um, the fact of the matter is that you're going to see inflation much, much higher than that because uh, at the end of the day, this is a psychological phenomenon, this idea of hyperinflation. And so I think this notion of, of it, it could never happen to us is very, very dangerous, Right? This notion that we're too good for that. I mean, eh, don't get me wrong. Central banks and governments, they, they, they have tools. They're, they're savvy. Okay, They're, they're oftentimes the cause of inflation in the first place, the causes of, of hyperinflation ultimately. Uh, but, but today, entities like the Fed, the Treasury, the U.S. government, etc., sure, if, if inflation got too far out of control, at some point they'd be forced to act, and they would have tools to fight it to some extent. OK, and and the reason I bring that up is, you know, if you think that we're too big to fail, I mean, look at the Roman Empire. They went under, they underwent a a hyperinflationary collapse of of their currency, along with an entire collapse of their empire. Right. Um, So don't think that it couldn't happen to us. Now, we do have a lot of tools today. We have a lot of of, uh, organizations that that can combat that. Uh, But it's I think they're already growing increasingly desperate whether it be a tax on on precious metals or, or even things like cryptocurrencies or foreign currencies right um, but you know right now uh, uh, is is hyperinflation a concern that's on my mind not so much I mean inflation yes hyperinflation not so much um, but but I, I'm never going to be at that point where, where I believe that uh, it it's not going to happen that that we're too good for that the US dollar is too strong to deal with that type of hyperinflation um and in, in the meantime you know as it relates to silver and gold uh as i said there may not be a sure thing in in any market in any asset class and yet if there ever was a sure thing it would be that fiat inflates fiat inflates every single time and that's what we've seen with the u.s dollar over the last you know hundred years and so whether it's one percent ten percent hundred percent or ten thousand percent inflation here in the u.s dollar canadian dollar australian dollar the pound new zealand dollar whatever it is it's going to happen inevitably and and that alone is reason enough for me to 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 you know to decide that hey uh uh precious metals that's That's the place to be when it comes to preserving wealth. Never mind the bull case for silver and gold. Strong bull case. Strong reason to think that, hey, it's going to significantly outpace inflation in the future. Sure. Topic for another video. If we're just focusing on preservation of wealth, preservation, a hedge against inflation, um, there's, I think, in my opinion, no better place than silver and gold. Of course, don't take any of this as investment advice. Make these decisions for yourself. But but again, I think it's important to understand that when it comes to things like inflation or hyperinflation, this comes down to decisions, individual decisions, um, and and human psychology. This is not something that you can drop an equation for, right? Um, you, you can't use an equation to calculate what inflation in, in Venezuela will be uh, a couple of years from now. Uh, there would have been. Very few if any equations that could have predicted this hyperinflationary collapse on that time period in Venezuela in the first place. And so um, this is this is a psychological phenomena and and it is something that that happens time and time again throughout US history or th- throughout world history um, and and I think it's it's folly to believe that it couldn't happen to us whatever us is to you. So as always, thank you guys for watching this video. Uh, if you do want to help me out, the number one thing you can do you've already done that's listen or watch this video listen to this podcast and I'm on most major podcast platforms if you want to check me out over there you know Google Podcasts iTunes Spotify etc I think I'm on Spotify Um, I'd have to check but uh, if you want to to go above and beyond you know liking commenting subscribing those things help out a ton leaving a review if you're over on a podcast uh, even just a, a you know a star rating whatever it is those things help me out a ton as always though I'm just happy to have you here in the first place. So Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.